Hello, everyone. My name is Justin Odisho, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is actually a pretty special episode. It's number 10. So I feel like we've solidified, we've planted our feet into the ground here. Thank you guys for listening up to this point so far. And today we actually have a very exciting and interesting guest on. Her name is Sarah Dietschy. She's a self-proclaimed interneter, social media, YouTube, creating content around things like tech, photography, film, cameras, all that, currently living in New York City. And in this episode, we dive into how she got her start, kind of dropping out of college and finding herself maneuvering through the internet landscape, creating content, working with brands, and all of those things that it takes to become an interneter, as you say. There's also a very special cameo appearance in this one that I think you guys will find fun and exciting near the end half. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode, get some knowledge, entertainment out of it, and let's get started. My name is Sarah Dietschy. I am a YouTuber and interneter. I post videos to YouTube um, every single week around tech and creativity, and I love social media. So I'm all over Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, and I try to do like a daily podcast, which I'm really enjoying right now. And yeah, I'm just, I live in New York City, and I love making stuff. Awesome. So I have all like a bunch of that stuff written down that you just that you just mentioned that I want to get into. I guess first I should say how we were kind of cross sectioned, how I bumped into your channel. Uh, I get about a year ago, uh, as everyone was at the time, probably everyone's watching Casey Neistat's vlogs or most people were. And he you had made a video called How to Casey, right? It's like a fun yeah, little how uh, to Casey Neistat a vlog. And it was like a fun little parody, well done and like original parody of how he like vlogs. And then how did that end up like just a quick story? You probably have to talk about this all the time. Like how did, how did that end up happening where he kind of featured an episode of his vlog about your video, like kind of a reaction video to your video? It was crazy. <laughs> I was at a time where I had just drop in, drop in, I just dropped out of college yeah. and I was two months out of that and I was doing, uh, you know, interview jobs where I would literally set up two cameras and press record and like a CEO of a company would sit down for 30 minutes and talk about their company. And that, that was how I was trying to pay rent in Nashville, Tennessee. But when I dropped out of college, I had this dream. I want to make YouTube full time. Let's do this. I have been creating videos for, um, on a consistent basis for about two years at that time, um, two or three years. And I was posting a ton. I, that was probably the point in my life where I was sleeping the, the least was right after I dropped out of college. And I was just trying to like make anything and everything. And so with every single video I posted, I was like, how can this reach beyond my audience? And just like you said, of course, I was watching Casey Neistat, like the rest of the world. And <laughs> he, fun fact, I subscribed to his channel when he was literally at 150,000 subscribers, like before the vlogging. So um, as he was posting you know, these random videos about a Mercedes car like yeah. the four-part series in the Mercedes car he got me wanting this Mercedes car this Mercedes CLA oh, and it was just because he was making cool videos about it so I was super stoked on him and especially when he started vlogging he was getting all his attention so I was like you know what Casey's audience definitely seems like an audience that would jive with my type of content because I had already posted um, my docu-series called Create a Spaces TV mm -hmm. it's like 
MTV Cribs of Substance, you go into the studio of graphic designer, photographer, filmmaker, show how they do what they do and where they do it. I was doing tutorials, unboxing, camera stuff. So I was like, I have this back catalog of stuff. Like, let's just keep making videos that hopefully reach beyond my audience. So I made the video. I wasn't super stoked on it, actually. I almost didn't post the, the video because I felt like the lighting on the talking parts was really off. I feel like I didn't look like myself for mm -hmm. some reason. I was insanely insecure of just like how I looked <laughs> in the video. And honestly, watching it back now, it's so cringy. I mean, it's a decent video. And I think it got the attention because it was it was one of the first, you know, and yeah. he had just started vlogging. He was at, I think, like 1.5 million subscribers. So he wasn't 7 million subscriber Casey at the time. Um, and, you know, there was a call to action at the end of the parody of, you know, go tweet this video to Casey. You know, I know I was kind of making fun of him, but he's one of my biggest heroes. I admire him a ton. And uh, I was actually on one of those jobs, the the day that I posted it. So I posted it that morning. I was like just filming. Oh, I was actually get this. I was at a Bible Bee. I what, had what no, is that? So, yeah. So apparently it was this TV show where people like kids yeah. would be in teams and they would ask them questions about the Bible. And it was like, it was a TV show. And so I was at this big convention in Nashville, Tennessee, like interviewing the host of the show yeah. and like interviewing these fancy people and stuff. It was the most random day. And I remember <laughs> I was literally in the middle of filming an interview and like my phone uh, buzzed because then I had like YouTube notifications turned on of comments. Uh, I was like 4,000 subscribers at this yeah. time. Um, so I did have a little bit of an audience. And at 600 views, Casey Neistat just commented, wow. He just commented just like, wow. And I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> like, he hasn't said, you know, I mean, I my biggest ambition for this video was to get a retweet from him on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, I made this beautiful tweet. It describes the video well. It has the link. Can I get a retweet, Casey? I mean, I made this video in hopes to get like a Casey shout out, <laughs> but never would I have imagined that he would dedicate like three minutes of his vlog the ne next day yeah. to literally my video. And then once he shouted out that in his vlog, I, it was just never ending. And for three weeks I went from 4,000 subscribers to like 90,000 subscribers. And it was crazy because I remember I made a video the day after and that video just popped off like crazy and went viral too because the title is like zero to 40,000 subscribers in one day. Yeah. And so I just had these two videos that popped off and I was like, what? This is so exciting. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, it was a crazy experience. And so, so how did that feel in those like two weeks? I understand it's exciting, but like, did you think like, wait, when is this ever going to stop? Is it going to go to a million? Mm -hmm. Is it going to go to a hundred? Right. Like, how did that feel? So there was two points of I like I did this right before the release of a new season of Creative Spaces TV. Um, Cause fun fact, 
last season of Creative Spaces TV, or my first season of Creative yeah. Space TV, the docuseries, um, I actually, a month before the release, wrote Casey a letter with a big package of moleskin notebooks. And this mm-hmm. is when he just started vlogging. And he was doing mail time all the time. So I'm like, perfect opportunity to send him. I had probably like 800 subscribers at the time. Um, so I sent him this package and wrote him this letter, like, you inspire me, like, check out my YouTube channel, <laughs> Creative Spaces TV. And he opened that. I can't, like, it was so crazy. I released oh, yeah, the first that? season. Yeah, yeah. So I released the first season on my birthday, August 11th, 2015. He opened that package on August, like, the video went up August 11th, 2015. So he literally opened my package where I shouted out, the season of creative spaces tv on the day that i released the season and it was on my birthday so that was my first experience of like oh my gosh casey said my name like there's a vlog before how to casey and i said a vlog where he literally is like thanks sarah for the notebooks and so it's crazy because it was actually the second time that i got a casey (laughs) shout out i got like 100 subscribers from that yeah he probably didn't put two and two together even himself but no, no. I think that makes a good point of how it's not not to say easy, but like you made an effort that maybe a lot of people made it might have dismissed and you were rewarded for that greatly. That ties into a funny story I just I just said before we started. I did the same thing at one point. Um, I was like, ah, you know, I really want to like take this YouTube thing seriously. I went through every single person I was subscribed to and I had just re- subscribed to you because uh I saw you on the the Casey video and we'll get into after. And I wrote down everyone who had opened a PO box and I, and I went to, I just learned about the Amazon dropship feature and the Etsy dropship feature. And I went on there and I picked out like a coffee mug or like a book. And I I sent you a t-shirt and I tried to send like a package to everyone. And funny enough, like you, um, like uh, people, I sent one to rice gum, but he never opened it. Um, but, uh, freaking rice gum. People, maybe this will be the start of like, a potential beef I can get in with him. I don't <laughs> yes, have to thank you. you need to make a diss track. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, a subscriber with like two million subscribers opened it. You opened it. It didn't really like. I didn't have a master plan with it, but it was like a funny little. I think it goes to show you that it's it's easier to reach people like via Twitter or whatever than you think it may be. Even someone like Casey, 100%. like like I'm reading all my tweets and and de- like I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm sure you get pinged like all over the place since you're on all the different platforms and you have a pretty decent like base on all them do but you twitter still see is everything the one, yeah i mean twitter is the one when i'm on it i am reading like mm-hmm. absolutely everything i mean there might be a span of like 10 hours in a day from when i am starting to wind down and wake up where i'm just not on twitter um but for the most part during the day twitter is actually the one social media that i am constantly on like constantly refreshing what is going on i mean it's truly how i keep in touch with the tech and startup and business Mm -hmm. and social media world and i'm kind of addicted to it and so with that i do follow along um with what the peachy fam is saying. Um, and yeah, it's, I love Twitter so much. Instagram is probably the one that I slack on the most. I do not read pretty much like I don't read any DMS on Instagram. Um, if I'm following like of the 700 people I'm following or whatever, um, if they DM me, I mean, I'll see it, but I have it to where I don't get, I don't get that notification. yeah. Yeah. And so, 
there's a lot of instances where it's like, oh, I DM'd you on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. So I think it just depends what your social medias are, but it is so easy to, I mean, like, every everyone is truly touchable in a way. And I yeah. think specifically the platform Twitter makes it that way. Um, you know, you have an investor that you want to reach out to, maybe build, like, a relationship. They're all on Twitter, and they're so active. I mean, that's that's perfect. Uh, YouTubers, celebrities, especially if you are, like, a micro celebrity mm-hmm. in a sphere and so you have that check mark you're verified mm-hmm. if you roll into you know celebrities feeds they have a special tab that says verified mentions and that's when truly you can really reach out to anyone it's crazy it's yeah. a crazy world <laughs> yeah i love twitter too i'm f- funny enough though i'm like i go ham on the instagram dms i read all of them twitter dm really? system for me like is just more clunky but i still do them yeah. all but that's because yeah. like I that I have no life. Anyways, um, so that goes into I guess the next little step in that journey, uh, reaching out to people. So who mm-hmm. who did you reach out to next as soon as that Casey thing happened? The moment that happened, um, I knew I was like, okay, I have to reach out to Gary Vaynerchuk because uh, when I was making stuff, when I was just consuming so much content. Um, that was inspiring to me. Like I watched so much Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I can't really watch him now just because it's, I had my fill where I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I watched so much of his stuff in a year and then now it's just like, it's kind of the same thing over and over again, but it works. Cause I mean, I think that's what that type of stuff is for. It's, it's for you to listen to it and listen to it until it clicks and then you go do your thing. That's what he preaches. I mean, he yeah, says, like once you get it, like go. You know? Yeah, go yeah, right. Um, and so I, you know, he was doing Ask Gary V show with a lot of guests during the time, and I pinged him that it'd be cool if I could actually pull up the email yeah. real quick because, and yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say like that's that's I wouldn't ever have thought to like, oh, I need to email Gary V. Maybe maybe you were watching him and he specifically you heard a call to action or something, but. That's... No, I mean, there was no, the only thing that it was, was it was like, I knew that my only in would be in this time span of like being associated with Casey. Yeah, having Cause something. They, yeah, because they had just done videos together and, you know, he's, and it was like 10 p.m. at night. And I was like, there's no way if I email him like during the middle of the day, he's going to yeah. answer. Um, but like, if I get lucky... Okay, here it is. <laughs> okay, so the email title was literally, and his email is just, I think, yeah, Gary at VaynerMedia. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten a response from him. Like, he, yeah. I don't know how it is now, but he's really good on that. You know? Yeah. He probably gets a bazillion, like, probably yeah. many. Yeah, oh, I, I can only imagine what his inbox is. Yeah. And so it was literally just, like, girl from Casey Neistat blog, and that was the title. Um. And yeah, it's basically, so it's like four lines. I won't read the entire thing. But what was like it was the like, gist of the request? Like, hey, yeah. I'm in this video. Like, Yeah, it was literally like, I'll just read it. It was like, hey, Gary, a couple days ago, Casey Neistat plugged my YouTube channel on his vlog after I posted this how to Casey Neistat a vlog video. And of course, I like linked everything. Yep. Um, my video currently has 270,000 views, so it wasn't past a million yet. 
I went from 3,400 subscribers to now 50,000 subscribers on YouTube in a span of a day. I have been following your work for six months now, and I am a product of what you preach about hustle, putting in the work, and being a social media ninja. <laughs> I've used oh God, that this word. It's kind of embarrassing, actually. Um, I will be in New York City in a couple months. Oh, yeah. I totally like BS this, but I wasn't exposed to be in New York. I was living in Nashville during the time, but yeah. I was just like, I'll be there. Let's make yeah, it easy. Yeah. So I was like, I'll buy a plane ticket to go hang out with Gary. Um, I said, I will be in New York City in a couple months to collab with Casey for my YouTube series, Creative Space TV. Um, I was wondering if you would have any interest in being in one of my That Creative Life videos, advice on how I to see. navigate the creative world, blah, 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 and I could do a short guest appearance on the Ask Gary V show. Um, and I, yeah, I was even like, this is actually kind of a long email. So it's like four yeah. long sentences. I was like, it would be a perfect environment to promote your new book. And I think <laughs> my story can add value to your show. I'm a very, I'm very passionate about the importance of putting in the work when no one is watching. So you are prepared when opportunity strikes. I have a lot of young engaged subscribers that are constantly seeking out influencers like you to watch. Thanks, Gary. Hope to hear from you soon. And so he, oh my God, he emailed me two minutes later. Wow. So that's just, I mean, that was luck. That means he was on his phone checking emails. Mm -hmm. That has like nothing to, I mean, I think you need to form emails in a way that people will actually read it. Like you got to clickbait the crap out of the subject line. Yeah. But that was. Clickbaiting the email. I've thought about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just 100% luck. Um, but I yeah. think the way you, like, now I kind of understand like how that, you got the idea. Like you, th you saw how you could bring value to him as a case study. Not right. like, hey, you want to be on my show? Because like, yeah, I could get and something I made you. sure. You're like, oh, exactly. this would be a good case study for him, you know? Exactly. And it started out, because, you know, it started out to, in a way, like, I can do this for you. Mm -hmm. And I specifically stated. And I think that's something with anyone who does the internet and is constantly making stuff and has a following, obviously you get busy and so you start getting people reaching out to you and saying hey I just want to be like where you are I want to be in your circle I can help you with whatever you need let me know but they don't they really don't have any skill and so that implies that you have to teach them mm -hmm. and also that they didn't give you an idea of like what they could do for you. So that's an automatic like delete in the email. But yeah. if someone e emails me and is like, hey, I've noticed you need this, let me do this for you for free for six months. And then if it's working out, maybe we can like reevaluate the situation. Yeah. Like that is super valuable. Yeah. Um, so I think it's when you're reaching out to people, you can't just expect something from them because they're already insanely busy it's like how are you going to add value to them i mean that's the most important part yeah this is something i've considered like making a video on but it's not really my topic right now but yeah like i get a ton of people that say hey we should collaborate sometime and just leave it at that and i'm not against it you know but i think it's hard for them to imagine probably how many people are pinging you that if it's it's so much just like a one quick tip that that I could give and probably you could give too is like if you are going to email someone have like a yes or no thing that like mm -hmm. when I emailed you I said like hey I'm doing this podcast and notice you're into podcasting it would only take about two hours and it would be a good like collaboration between both of us mm -hmm. and that's like and you I mentioned you Craig some, oh I yeah mean, that was, and that I, was I, I just did one with like, Craig yeah having that connection I think 
does matter because that automatically like separated you and my brain. I was like, without even looking at your YouTube channel, without even knowing like who you were, um, the fact that like I knew that you just did a podcast with Craig, that was almost like an automatic yes. Because I'm like, if you're friends with Craig or like Craig gives you credibility, I trust that, you know. Um, it's like a cheat sheet for you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But then I checked out your YouTube channel. I was like, oh, this dude's legit. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, that's that's my advice for anyone. It's like, have a specific yes or no thing that they can say yes or no to. I mean, it's okay to offer general emails, but like, you're going to, if you really want something, be like, hey, I have this project. Here's how you can be a part of it. And like, make it so easy for them that they don't have to do any work or thinking. Mm hmm. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that's when I like subscribe. I think I subscribed to you after the Casey, but that's when like I started following you. I guess it's like, oh, what what the heck? She's she's here and then she's there. Gary so, V, yeah. she has to be legit. <laughs> and then you just kept making content, and I mean, it's it's pretty fresh, unique content. I feel like you really take your time in making things proper and aesthetic <laughs> and like clean that's why that's why i had to slow down on uploads recently because i think there was the pressure of like right after that that's when casey was making daily vlogging the thing to do mm-hmm. and literally right after it happened we were kind of twitter dming back and forth and he's like you have to go daily like you have to start posting more like just do it it doesn't matter what it is you just got to quantity 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 so that freaked me out because i'm like when the man himself tells you to start posting like all the time, you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was like a weird battle in between like quantity and quality. Cause I never wanted to compromise on the quality side. And what that meant is I just didn't sleep. <laughs> and honestly, it, it wasn't like the healthiest thing. <laughs> um, and I think that's always a battle if you're a YouTuber or just like a content creator in general, kind of having to balance between what the platform wants, but then also what you make. And so I think honestly, just recently, I've kind of found a groove where I've been able to, cause there's also that thing of like, oh my gosh, if I don't post a ton, I'm going to lose my audience. And I think just recently I kind of like found a piece where I said, when I am stoked on a video and it's a cool video idea and I make it and it's good, that's when I'm going to post it. But I'm not going to freak out if I can't post five videos in a mm-hmm. week. I mean, it's just like, Five videos in a week alone is just insane. I mean, I think a lot of people would consider three videos a week kind of crazy. And that's kind of now what I aim for, like three videos and a live stream maybe. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's hard to find your flow when you are a independent content creator and you're trying to pay rent, but also make what you want to make. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's, that's it's a, a real weird struggle. Balance. Like yeah. content versus quality and... and mm-hmm it will burn you out if you don't have, like I discussed this in some previous podcasts, like if you don't have an underlying like sustainable plan, mm-hmm. it'll burn you out quickly. So like, were you, I'm sure you're just kind of like scrambling, I guess, to like make the most out of all this new momentum. So you did, like you were doing Creative Spaces TV, which you explained kind of what that was and you collaborated with some cool guests and like showed off their space. And then you transitioned 
into like a daily vlog, right? Right. And so I was doing, I was doing vlogging a lot because I felt that pressure and it was fun actually for like a while because I was able to take some of the things that I would do in like a travel video. Like it was more Mm -hmm. montagey than anything. I mean, I was kind of opposite where I think a lot of people who started vlogging, they knew how to set up a camera in front of their bed and just talk like, just like a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, it was a weird transition to take it out in the world and maybe to add music underneath it and make it more montagey. For me, it was the complete opposite. Like I was used to, I wanted to make these quality kind of more documentary-esque things, but when I wasn't doing that, I was also making just a strict three-minute montage of like my trip to Greece or like my trip to Nashville, Tennessee. And I didn't really feel that comfortable yet in front of the camera. So that's why I was always pointing the camera towards other people. And that's why Greatest Space TV, I wasn't in it at all. Like truly I started as more of just a – like a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in front of the camera. So when I decided to like go more into daily vlogging, it was very montagey, which I think people dug because it was different. But at the same time, it wasn't sustainable because as you know, you know, you've made videos. Talking is what, it's like the skeleton of a 10 minute video. Mm -hmm. When you're constantly doing montages, you're gonna come out with like a vibey five minute video, Mm -hmm. but that five minute video with maybe two minutes of talking is going to take you like 10 hours to edit because you're worried (laughs) about how it's being cut um, to the music and you're worried about how, you know, the aesthetics and how it flows. And so it just got to be way too much. I mean, I was literally scrambling to figure out what to film every day. And then during the night, I would spend seven hours editing. And it got to a point where I was like, this isn't sustainable. But I was, I, it was terrifying because I was like, I have to keep this audience. Mm-hmm. How do I keep the audience? Because there was a point where I completely flatlined. Um, it slowed down around 90,000 subscribers. And then I slowly creeped up to 100K. And... I remember this so vividly. Once I hit 102,000 subscribers, it completely stopped. Every single day, I would literally hit the refresh button, and I would go down 100 subscribers. I would hit refresh, I would go up 200. And the next day, I'd go down 300. And then it's like, then in your head, you're just like, what am I doing wrong? You know, you Mm -hmm. just had this huge growth. And then now I'm literally stuck on one number and, I, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I dip below 100,000, this is going to be the most embarrassing <laughs> thing ever, you know? I just had this big win in front of the entire internet. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, I don't want people to forget me. What am I doing wrong? And so that was like a whole struggle in itself in balancing. There was this camp of people that were so into vlogging because they came from Casey, obviously, mm-hmm. and they wanted to see daily vlogs. And then there was another camp that came to my channel and stayed because they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool and different. You do these creative documentary type things or, you know, they watched maybe a travel video that was really good in quality and they were there for the quality. And so it was like, how do I make both of these people happy? Yeah. <laughs> And I think, I mean, you, you said something really perfect that I feel all the time. And one of the hardest things I think it is like to try to do YouTube or social media or content creation in general. Like you said, you had like a public win, but until like 
all your losses are public too. Like if you make if your videos aren't doing that well, like it's public for everyone to see. And that's one of the that was one of the biggest challenges for me when I was just trying to like get kick started was like, oh God, I wonder if like my aunt is watching or like that kid from school is probably watching like what is right. this loser trying to do like have you seen him he's no, like on scary. youtube yeah because you're literally doing this in front of the entire world mm-hmm. and the scarier part is not you know isn't oh my gosh are they gonna think negative negatively about me but the scarier part is oh my gosh are they not gonna care anymore yeah it's like Negative attention is still attention, and mm-hmm. that means there's still there's still people watching you, um, regardless. But the worst part is just when it's no longer there, like nothing is no yeah. longer there. And I think that's why a lot of people have kind of lost their mind recently over some of the changes with YouTube because maybe you're getting a hundred k views a day on your daily vlogs, but all of a sudden now half of them are only getting like 40k because it's not a good title and thumbnail so i think it messes with your head Mm -hmm. and you have to be so aware of like who you are and what your content is that when you're in those lows it doesn't matter and you can like press forward and just focus on what's next yeah that's what i've been thinking recently like every time i live stream obviously like shakes up the subscriber base that doesn't know what's going on and like a few of them mm-hmm. unsubscribe right away so i've been thinking about just like not looking at the actual feed and just do the, doing the live stream right <laughs> right, like, right right but um aside aside from that uh you now had this like huge gift not like it's kind of like a gift and a curse like so now you're thrown into this pit and kind of like a clock is ticking you feel like so how many vlogs did you do in a row before you felt like this isn't working. I need to like maneuver and pivot right now. Mm-hmm. It that was probably one of my downfalls too. Is I I did, and I think this is what a lot of YouTubers get wrong. Is they will go out of their way to explain to their subscribers, yeah, a new schedule or mm-hmm. a blah 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 blah. You know, I think consistency is important, but at the same time, it gets old when every other video you're saying, oh, guys, I'm tired. I'm going to switch schedules, you know? So I did 50 daily vlogs and then I was like, this sucks. (laughs) I've had fun, but it's not sustainable and I'm not going to do it. I didn't have like a meltdown or anything online, but I was like, I'm switching back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like you guys are going to be fine. So I started posting three videos a week and then again, you kind of just get the itch for change. And then I was like, I'm going to go back to Monday through Friday and post five videos a week. So I went back to that. And then I think I literally went back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday again before going back to the recent five yeah. videos a week. So I think I changed like four different times in the span of a year, four or five different times. Um, and each of those times, it was like an announcement. Mm-hmm. And I like changed my banners and I did all of the stuff. And it's like that just confuses people. And people don't care if you're tired. People don't yeah. care why you're changing to a new schedule. They just want to watch videos. And that's why recently I kind of like low-key changed my banners to where it doesn't say every single day. It just says every week, you know. And when they get a video, they get a video and it's going to be good. And they're going to be stoked on it because it's good. And I'm stoked on it. 
Um, and that's that. Like, I'm not making, if you can be consistent on a platform like YouTube, I think it's 100% worth it. So if you can every single day at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time post a video, post a vlog, you should do it. If you can hit a time, you should do it. I try to hit like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, but I don't really advertise that because I can't hit that yeah. every time. And so I think it's just finding what works for you and rolling with it and not making it this big like soap opera thing every yeah. time you change. Because especially with YouTube, when you clickbait those titles, a lot of people are only going to be coming back to those videos. So then it becomes like, you only talk about YouTube, Sarah. How about like just create? And even though they haven't seen the 50 videos that, where you mm -hmm. didn't talk about YouTube, the nature of YouTube is those clickbait titles bring back those Fairweather fans. So yes, that's, yeah. you know, I went back and forth, but now it's kind of just like, I'm still going to post consistently, like a solid three to four videos every week, but I'm just going to do it and leave it at that. <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned the wording. Like we as YouTubers or content creators, we think that the audience is like, I mean, it's nice to inform them and they know, but then when you're actually consuming content, like, I don't know, like that this person posts that, you know, unless I'm exactly. diehard and yeah. I and if they miss a day, I probably won't even realize it unless I'm diehard. So they don't need to you don't have to worry so much that like, oh, I need to let them know I'm changing to seven o'clock mm -hmm. and whatever. And that's that's what I started to realize is I asked myself, how do I watch YouTube? Mm -hmm. I love YouTube. Um, you know, I follow the people like Casey, Un Olsen, um, tech people, uh, you know, my friend Sam Sheffer, Craig Adams. But how I watch them is, I think Casey is literally the only person where I will watch every single video. When he was daily, every single morning, I like got my breakfast, I would sit at my desk and I watch a Casey video. Um, but everyone else I watch from my recommended page. Mm -hmm. I consume YouTube how I say I hate YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, people hate YouTube because of the clickbait and what shows up on their recommended feed instead of subscription feed, but that's how I watch it. So I think no matter what you're doing, if you are a content creator or a business person, like you have to see these issues from the like consumer's perspective. Mm -hmm. So, so that that's that brings us into I guess a little bit more up to speed. So then you had. Uh, another series called that creative life and that was kind of kind of like another segment or show similar to creative spaces but what was the idea behind that so that was more of a thing where creative spaces and it started to bother me that people thought they were the same thing but they had literally the same word in it so i'm like you can't blame them that's freaking confusing you know that yeah. creative life creative space tv creative space tv TV was like a miniature documentary. It took me forever to shoot and edit. Um, it was telling someone's entire story in like a 10 to 12 minute video with, you know, cool B-roll of them in their space and yada, yada, yada. That creative life was a way for me to just have more casual conversations with entrepreneurs and artists. And so it wouldn't, there wouldn't be this crazy immense pressure to like edit the crap out of it. So I would still sit down and interview people for creative space TV just to have that kind of overdub of their story. So I would sit down with them for 40 minutes, but I only would piece together about 10 minutes of the story to make it like a cohesive, compelling story. 
that creative life was literally like me sitting in front of the camera with the entrepreneur artists and just interviewing them. And that was a way that I met a lot of people. I used it as a tool to say like, hey, I have this. Can you be on my show? It's like the same with a podcast. It's a way to reach out. And that was just a cool thing to use and basically builds a lot of relationships with people. I mean, I got to hang out with, um, hang out more with Chase Jarvis after hanging out with him at a dinner. Um, and because I had this series, that creative life, I had something to show for it. I had proof of what it was and I could send that to him and say, Hey, I want you on this with me. Would you want to do it? And now I have noticed that, like, as I was posting those, they were mm -hmm. getting boring. Because, like, the majority of people who are on my channel are, are used to very curated stuff. Like, yeah. very curated and compelling, like, storytelling. So, almost for them to sit down for 20 minutes and to just watch me interview someone on a couch with, like, one camera angle, it's, like, it's yeah. not a thing. <laughs> And so I was noticing that people just stopped caring about those videos, um, which was unfortunate because it was kind of something that selfishly I loved because yeah. I loved sitting down with like these amazing humans and just picking their brain. I mean, for me, that was amazing. Um, but I was like, this isn't working on YouTube. And so I kind of stopped both of them altogether because I just wrapped up a really good season of Creative Space TV. I was like the most stoked on it that I'd ever been, but they were my lowest viewed videos of like yeah. in the past like six months. And I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> you know, does this content belong on YouTube? And so I kind of slowed down on both the series. Um, but then as I started leaning more into like vlogs and stuff, I was like, I'm getting away from who I am and what I do. And that's kind of now recently I've just combined them. So I've kept the title of that creative life, but cause I like the vibe of like living that creative life. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure it out. And as I figure it out, I want to share what I learn with my audience because I'm definitely not perfect and I don't have the answers. So I'm going to ping other people to help me you know, give advice in a compelling way. So now it's kind of combined and it's a more loose structure um, where I just, I highlight a creative topic or person and I do it in a way where we're not just sitting down and interviewing, but we're out and about and we're talking to different people and maybe I'm bringing up like some research of something. It's just, it's, there's more movement and it's more YouTube. Very yeah. rarely does just you sitting on a couch with someone talking work. Yeah. I think like all these different series that you're talking about and the way that you're explaining them, it gives some good insight that whether, you know, no matter what the name of the series is or what it is, it's clear that you're like throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and testing and measuring and like, okay, this isn't working this way. Let me tweak mm -hmm. this. And, and I think that's how you're, you're able to still maneuver and pivot and you haven't, you know, lost your audience. You've been able to, capture it and grow it and turn it into your own thing so i guess let's get into some how about some more fun stuff you know you just uh <laughs> picked up the hint water there that's oh actually my gosh. written down on my thing really? um it's so they keep sending it to me and you should see my <laughs> my refrigerator it's just all hint water i have no room for any food it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah that's not i was gonna say like 
what does your typical email look like now like and when like when you wake up through dms and emails what's in there is it like hey we want to send you this or hey like i'm in i'm in nyc like let's hang out yeah half of them are just i'm sure you get these too half of them are legitimately random chinese amazon sellers <laughs> yeah, trying yeah, to send those. me a robot vacuum mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god i don't care you're wasting up space in my inbox like I don't know how they get our emails but it's just a big spam mess um and then the other half are you know actually like uh, you know partnership opportunities where you know someone wants to sponsor a video or something and that started to get very overwhelming once I realized that, you know, I had the attention of an awesome audience. It's a very creative and like they want to just, I don't know, live their best life and live a creative life. And I think my audience is very inspired by just different cool cities and just living, you know, a more creative life. And Um, because of that, I've had a lot of cool opportunities to collaborate with brands that are, you know, on the creative side, I got the Adobe creative residency for a year, which was amazing. Um, what that was, was basically Adobe paid me for a year to pursue my passion projects. That meant that I just wanted to solidify my presence on YouTube after the Casey shout out. And, um, yeah, once that ended, I was like, oh crap, I got to start working with brands. You know, I didn't for a year. And so I just kind of built, built that trust with my audience, but it, it came a time where I was like, okay, all these relationships I've been building over the past year with these brands, it's time to kind of like cash in on them. So I did have that year. I went to all the conferences, I gave talks, I shook hands. I had all these relationships with brands that I really wasn't pursuing because I didn't have to during the residency. But after that, um, it's kind of like, oh, well, I got to start managing this. You know, how am I going to make YouTube my full time and turn it into money? Um, And so I'm lucky enough that there's a lot of brands out there that value someone who can actually make good videos, but also have a personality and have a good audience. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to work with brands that like half of it is just like, we know you make good videos, we need your bubbly personality and make us a good video. And then the other half of it is like, oh, you got an audience, this helps. Um, Like a recent collaboration with Visa. Like I was there with a other Instagrammer that has like 700K followers, like she's stunning. Her engagement on Instagram is like 70,000 likes per picture which is just insane, you know, those, and she's talented too. I mean, her stuff is really good, but she's a good example of like, you're going to get awesome pictures from her, but you're going to get that engagement where you don't have to pay at all to like boost it. It's already built. What's her, what's her name by the way? Just for anyone curious. Yeah. Tess Christine. I think her Instagram is Tess Christine XO. Super talented. Her and her boyfriend live in New York and like super rad. So I went to Thailand with them. So that's a good example of like a brand being like, we're going to pay you money and you know, we just need pictures and your engagement. Yeah. And for like me, it was like, yes, I have that engagement and I have that already built an audience, but it was also like they knew that I could make cool videos. So I think most of the value came from me posting. I don't use Facebook a lot. I have like 10,000 likes. It's not yeah. good at all. 
but I posted my Thailand edit to my Facebook page. And so it was a good video, like bubbly personality. I'm way less scary than if just Visa posted a stale video. Um, Mm -hmm. And they put ad spin behind my Facebook video. And so normally that would probably get like 1,000 views on Facebook, but it got like over a million on Facebook because they pushed it from my channel, which I think is super smart what brands are doing right now. Um, And so there's so many different kinds of integrations and ways I work with brands. Um, But I think that's a really cool way I've been noticing recently in that they want someone with an audience, yes, because they want that built in. When someone stumbles across your video or picture, they can click on your profile and say, oh, this is someone. But at the same time, to have someone who can also make good stuff matters yeah. because that's what's going to get other people like beyond your circle intrigued. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've uh, spoken about that in, in some previous podcasts and videos like, you're, you're representing them, but also that maybe they don't care about your audience. They just want your content creation skills and mm-hmm. like they're going to use it and it's in like, their way. Yeah, that audience is that cherry on top sometimes. Yeah. But, sometimes um, it is the entire thing, but sometimes it is that just extra flavor. Yeah. But uh, so speaking of relationships that you've built through YouTube, yes. you have in your YouTube about section, single question mark? Nope. So <laughs> how did you, uh, through, through YouTube, you've built... Uh, another more personal type of relationship, right? Yes, yes. I'm texting him right now to see if he's <laughs> close because he was just here. Um, yes. So how did I that happen? How did you like cross paths? Or- so funny. Because um, he basically just slid into my email. You know, it's a very 21st century relationship. You know. Um, so basically, I was doing my thing on YouTube mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, going back to what's in my email inbox, a lot of it is just people like, hey, you want to collab? And, um, you know, people hit me up for podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And so it's not like, I don't know, when so many emails come into your inbox, it's like sometimes it's just if you don't get intrigued in the first sentence, it's an automatic delete. You know, mm-hmm. it's, sometimes it's just like delete, delete. Oh, that's interesting. Then you're in, not delete. And I had been kind of like doing that with a lot of, because there's just a lot of people of, who hey, you want to collab? And they have 50 subscribers and they don't even link their YouTube channels. So you can't even see. And so it was just a time where I was just delete, delete, delete. And this dude, John Hill, uh, emailed me. And it was so funny because the email was so informal. And cause <laughs> when I when I see like paragraphs in an email, it's almost an automatic delete. Yeah, it's like I don't have time for this. Why would someone email me five paragraphs? Yeah, in what world would I sit here and like read everything? Um, and it was so funny because John's email was so informal that in the back of my head when I first saw it, I was like, you know what, this guy is actually he's probably really big on YouTube because like who else would feel like it's okay to like. Yeah not capitalize any letters (laughs) and like terrible grammar and sentence structure. (laughs) Um, But so yeah, he emailed me and he was like, Hey, I'm going to be in New York soon. Do you want to collab? And so I clicked on his channel and I was like, Oh, he has 400,000 subscribers. Maybe I should hang out with him. And he, he looks cool. He skates. And I was actually going to LA the next week. So I was like, I'll just hang out with him in LA. And so I think this was like December and 
So we met up in LA, we like skated around and it very quickly turned into like, oh, you're not just another random like dude skateboarder YouTuber who were just like making a YouTube video. Because traditionally like all of my friends and people who I collaborate with have been like predominantly male. I mean, before I was hanging out with John, like every day in my vlogs be like Eric Conover, Sam Sheffer, Craig Adams. And they were homies and mm-hmm. just really good friends. But, of course, in the comment sections, people would always be speculating, like, ooh, who's Sarah with? It. Yeah, they were <laughs> shipping it. Like, no matter who it was, like, if I would talk to a Son. random dude What's on the street. What's ship name? Yeah, right. Son? Oh, I- Yes. Jarrah. Jarrah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did I say son? Yeah, so it was the... (laughs) It's now son. That's actually... Everybody hashtag son. No, that's a good band is son. I know, it's like a German word, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And so it very quickly... Because I thought that was what... It was going to be another like dude relationships. Mm -hmm. um, Or like a dude relationship where it's like, yeah, let's make videos and be friends. Um, But very quickly I was like, oh, this guy is different he's like yeah. freaking hilarious um he's actually pretty handsome oh my gosh <laughs> so cute <laughs> um and it very quickly turned into like oh okay i have yeah. like a little crush on him yeah. and these things I just kind of happen right <laughs> yeah yeah and you know he funny fact is like he had watched me from like the Casey shout out. Yeah. So he had known me from YouTube for a while, but this is my first time ever like hanging out with him or watching his videos. And so really, yeah, that just like one thing left to, uh, led to the other. And like now we've been dating for like eight or nine, eight to nine months. And yeah, like it's fun. It's really fun being in a relationship with someone who does the same thing as you. Cause they yeah. like understand. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like, why I even bring it up. I'm not trying to like get all juicy into it, but like yeah. the main question I want to like ask is, is does, do you find you guys selves being like a power team now, like more productive since you're both creating content, you're both vlogging, mm-hmm. you're both like Instagramming and tweeting, like mm-hmm. has this just like multiplied your work ethic or is it just kind of like the perfect like thing? It's like such a new, uh, it's funny that you yeah. say he watched no. you before. It's like, have you seen the movie Her? Um, yeah, we actually watched it together. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. he's no- yeah. it's like he's been able to know you for longer than you've known him. Right, right, That's right. Funny. But yeah, right. you kind of. It's I know no one really has a book out there talking about how to survive a YouTube relationship. Yeah. You know, it's kind of newish. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the best part about of it about of it about it is that you know, he has the most insane work ethic. I'm a hustler too. And so it's, it's just like, I don't know, we just keep each other going and it's inspiring just to be in the same vicinity. And for practical reasons too, it's like, ah, Hey, I have to film this. Can you like help me film this? And I'll help you film that. And it like works really well. And, um, yeah, it's, like it's amazing and they and to have someone also who understands why you need to spend seven hours in one place editing like it's a very beautiful thing when like your significant other and you can like sit in the same room for 10 hours at the same spot 
without getting mad at each other that we're not like out having fun or something, yeah. you know, it's cause like, Oh, there's work to be done and there's yeah. videos to be edited. And we understand that 100% and we understand like the highs and lows of YouTube. And so a lot of, you know, you can vent and the other person can understand. So, yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah, normally, you know, you meet people at school or work. And I think that points to a really cool fact that like, we're all kind of coworkers in a weird way even though like I've never met you or like you're over there and this person's over there in New York California but we're right. all kind of co-workers in a funny way and so like it, it, it's just like there's a lot of yeah there's a it's lot like, of like re relatability to it yeah mm -hmm. um so I wanted to get into like some kind of bullet point things that we haven't hit some things that maybe my and also if yeah. you want him to hop into the podcast is he like, like right there he's 60 seconds away <laughs> All right, yeah, whenever you, he hops yeah. in the room, we can have a special guest appearance. You can, you can, yeah, you can ask me if you yeah. want to pivot for a second. <laughs> but. Um, I guess while he's on the way, uh, some, some quick bullet point things here. Um, like, I'm talking about software and whatever. You have that all listed in your bound. People can go to your kit and all that stuff. But how did you even get into editing? video how did you like get into software and all like you said like you find yourself hanging out with like all the dudes it seems like a uh, a dude related field like cameras and oh, editing how it's did like, you fall into it yeah it's such a bro space which hopefully will change yeah um you know as the like i justines and yeah people of the world influence but um yeah it started with editing i never filmed anything honestly until after I graduated high school yeah. so I've understood cameras and filming for maybe only like four years mm -hmm. um but I had been editing since middle school so I had always been like on iMovie making stupid home videos making class project videos so I you know I was always the chick where there would be like a Spanish uh, video project or like an economics mm -hmm. video project and I was also obsessed with music because uh, I played guitar in a band and stuff and so I loved recording things so it would always be like can we make a uh, rap music video for this yeah. project and the teachers would always be like of course like duh <laughs> um, and so for some reason in middle school and high school I was known as the chick who would make like rap music videos for projects and I loved that so much and I enjoyed it. So that's how I started editing. And Which like now filming. you could play into YouTube is like the biggest yeah, thing ever. Yeah, I could do like diss tracks. <laughs> need to come stuff, back. You know, isn't John, we need to make a diss track. He, he just John, walked in. Let's yeah. get a special guest appearance. Yeah, Guys, this is actually, this is a monumental episode in a few ways. One, it's my 10th episode. Woo. I can't hear anything though. And okay. two, I was going to say. Here we go. <laughs> hello john hello who do, who do we just have on the line since they can't see what's going on like this is actually probably my most like interesting action-packed podcast so far yeah it's, it's, got, lit, it's lit. i've never had two special guests <laughs> well amazing. i'm super glad to be a part of it he was just saying it was his 10th episode yeah oh, no way. yeah this is my 10th podcast so it's like officially official and it's like a like a series special finale or something of season one <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So it's gonna be ten episodes each. No, not really. But you know how, like, on on special episodes, like the Christmas episode, there's always like special cameos. 
right uh, yeah. of like episodes we can be his christmas episode yeah. that's amazing you guys are my Super proud of that september <laughs> whatever you guys are my first week of fall episode Woo. nice um you, you can <laughs> i'd love to have you on the podcast eventually that'd be but, amazing um, yeah i guess i was i was asking sarah like what it's like being in a relationship with someone who does exactly the same thing in such a unique field like youtube like you guys are both doing such a something that most people probably wouldn't get but you guys are doing it together does that like make you go three times harder two times harder well did you already answer any of this yeah she kind of oh, already answered touched, it really we well on. you should you should <laughs> what do you uh, want to talk, talk about? about yeah you should talk about what we talked about in my podcast the other night like the first time you ever saw me oh right right <laughs> um well first of all it's amazing um every part of it so far has has proven to be better and better like each thing that uh, may have I may have struggled before about this dealing with another companion involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, each time like something like that comes up, I'm like, wow, this is super awesome. I realize more and more how awesome it is to have someone who relates and understands all of it. But yeah, I mean, the first time I even met Sarah, I I am a always been a go getter type person, so I'm always like trying to work. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, and I've never really met anyone who was like that uh, to that extent, like even close. Mm-hmm. So when I first met Sarah. Uh, I watched her videos first off, so I knew she was I knew she was always hustling. She was getting it, and I thought it was really inspiring. So I see her in person the first time ever at this restaurant, <laughs> and she's literally outside trying to export a video yeah, on, on her computer. Like she she just got to California. Like she's like, there. We're the collaborating. Streets, the streets of Santa Monica. Yeah. I literally had my suitcase. I was on my laptop. Yeah, and most <laughs> yeah. people want to be like so prepared when they meet someone new and do mm-hmm. a collaboration. She was just like, screw that. Like I'm gonna work on this. <laughs> come up we'll have a conversation and and that's like i instantly know i was like this human being is really cool yeah so so it, it's been it's been amazing so far uh because it <laughs> so is so far you never know you never know yeah. like maybe maybe i would hate the fact that you love it no i'm just kidding but it's it, it is like a it's a weird field yeah. so for someone to be able to relate to all of it aka spending eight hours on your computer uh, it's so it's so new and refreshing, and there's no room for either of us to ever complain because we both do this. Yeah. So even if I was like, "Hey, you've been on your computer for four hours. Let's hang out." <laughs> it's like I can't complain because yeah. I am like that every day. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's been great. Um, yeah, it's been great. No, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I uh, I I've been watching. Well, I found you actually in a funny way. I I don't really skate or anything, but I watched you on the No Jumper interview. That's how I oh, how, long, nice. how long ago was that? It was like six months ago. Oh my gosh. It was just a little bit more because I, so. he, I remember in his podcast, you mentioned like, oh, some you stuff. Got like yeah. You know, so like, you got girls? Yeah. So yeah, it was before. Like, ah, it's just, it's it nice. was like one girl. I was like, yeah, I'm talking to one girl. And then they mentioned like, I Justine, who happens to be really good friends with you, which is super funny. Um, <laughs> but that's that's funny. I, I feel like I've, I've got a lot of cool people watching my videos through that yeah. um, i would say like 50 percent of my audience doesn't skate something like yeah. that so yeah. i think yeah it's not it's not like you have to skate to like watch your audience or like watch you but that's funny yeah that was cool because i thought i was gonna get totally roasted for being a part of that because his audience is they're, they're gnarly sometimes yeah, yeah and i'm just this like soft-spoken like skateboarder dude uh and it got like incredibly good feedback it, yeah. like barely any dislikes and and just like i don't know it, it was it was really cool it was it was refreshing. Good interview. Yeah. thanks yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, so now you guys both like do your own podcasts, and you're. Let's talk about Anchor. You guys are like super into Anchor. I'm doing this like iTunes, like cut it straight to iTunes, whatever. Like, what do you guys? I I know Anchor obviously, but like explain Anchor to the people that 
might not know what it is. Anchor is basically a easy way to make a podcast. So not only is it a platform in order to stream podcasts like an Apple um, podcast, but it's also a tool. So it's an easy way to whip out your phone. If you want to get fancy with it, you can like plug in a microphone to your phone um, and just record it straight into it. And there's editing tools on your phone. You can also upload audio to their uh, website. They do have like a website app type thing and it's literally just like a very easy way to make a podcast and so it's definitely taking on a different format it's not necessarily the classic like Tim Ferriss two Mm. hour long podcast but it has certain features that it's cool to share you know you do it in like five minute chunks and you can uh, tether them together to make like a 20 30 minute or however long you want it to be but there's a lot of good built-in stuff to where if I wanted to interview you I would literally just call you on my iPhone and you can do that within the app once Mm -hmm. you're done post it straight to anchor make it a podcast Um, so I was interested in it just because of the ease I never really wanted to do a podcast because I didn't want to have to do with a fancy mic or any of the, you know, the Skype, the it's, whatever. Even though it's, not it's quite that, annoying. Yeah. It's still a production. And so, I mean, like, I guess, is that why you like it? Because of the well, ease of use? That, that and the appeal to me. It, it's kind of like how Snapchat was when I first got on that compared to Instagram mm-hmm. where everything lives there. And I worked really hard at the quality of yeah, yeah. on Instagram. And Anchor, I can get on right now and talk about what I'm thinking, especially if it's like something that I think is deep and important to share. Uh, and I'm not I'm not super liable for it either because it goes away in 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, it's basically just the talking version of Snapchat. Oh, it goes I, away? Doesn't it, it go to iTunes? If so, you want to. Yeah, if you want oh, to. Oh, if you want it to. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that that was temporary. Yeah, if you want to save it. So basically, it started as like radio reinvented. So you would upload to your 24-hour radio station every day, and it would disappear. And now it's shifting towards more podcast. And so now it's, okay, if you like what you've put up on your radio station today, you can save it as a podcast that automatically syncs with iTunes and Pocket Casts and wherever you watch or yeah. listen to so I basically covered a lot of stuff that I wanted to co- and you actually funny enough like weaved into the topics naturally that I before I even asked you but um like one more thing I wanted to touch on that I think could be valuable for anyone listening uh, is John wanting to like pop out no 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 just a bit yeah no no towards her that I don't want to like <laughs> oh, no, I thought you were like I'm gonna head over there um, <laughs> no, no, don't good. worry I, I'm, I'm gonna keep you for like uh, I try to keep these an hour long so I'll only keep you for like five more minutes. But um, I was going to say, dropping out of college, like, can you like spark notes that like process, like what inspired you to do it? Maybe like what you learned from it for anyone out there that's listening to me, that's maybe finishing up high school or in college right now and just kind of lost. Yeah. So neither of us went to, well, you didn't, I didn't go, go to period. College. Yeah. Sean didn't yeah. go to college period. And then. I got to a point where I was studying computer science and electrical engineering because I liked math and science in high school, and I was like, I want to do a job that makes money. Electrical engineers make like 80K a year. Sounds great. Sign me up. And there's that pressure of, you know, you want to have something fancy to go back um, home for holidays to tell your aunt, "Mm, yes, I'm studying (laughs) computer science. Sounds fancy, right? And so it became something that I was doing for other people, which is so stupid. You like do not go and spend a bajillion dollars 
on something because your parents told you to. I mean, that's so stupid. Like, your parents aren't going to be the ones who are is living with debt, you know. And I'm not saying college is stupid. Um, you know, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a doctor, even some business schools are um, good. Um, but I really think there are so many fields and there's so much free knowledge out there online as people who post videos like educational videos too I mean there's so much stuff out there just people sharing knowledge I mean Mm -hmm. you've made like skate tutorials before you know I've made camera tutorials before you make premiere tutorials I mean there's so much knowledge out there and if you're eager enough to learn like you do not need it and that's what I realize um I realized that after three and a half years um, which, and then dropped out, which is kind of unfortunate that it took that long. But um, I did it in a way where I had a scholarship. I worked really hard in high school, so I had a scholarship for the majority of the time. Um, and I like stayed at a school in Texas where I grew up, so it wasn't super expensive. Uh, I stayed at home, so I wasn't spending money because I think college is a is a good thing if you don't know what you want to do, mm-hmm. because it's a great place to explore and to meet people if you don't have a community somewhere else. But as I was exploring, I was just checking off things that I hated. It's like, nope, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. But I was doing that in a way, I wasn't doing that for 50K a year (laughs) or 50K a semester. I mean, crap, dude, you know, college is insane. So I think it's like having that self-awareness of like what you can do and what you're interested in. But I mean, for you with skateboarding, it was- It was the same thing, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I I realized early on what made me by far the happiest, which was skateboarding. And it's, it's a ridiculous field that you could potentially make no money in. But I knew I had a small window for that. And then, of course, college is a four year window. And by the time I was done with college, I would have missed uh, the, the best time period possible to try to make something of it. Yeah. So instead, for me, I just moved to California. And awesome. you know, it was serendipitous. I learned a lot through the process of trying to get a career in something creative. Uh, henceforth, learning about filmmaking and all these other creative fields that I, I made friends in. And um, yeah, I just learned a lot of things through that. So yeah. it was the best education possible. And um, one last fun question, I guess, to wrap it up. So John, you have like skateboarding and all these like outward talents. Sarah, you're like obviously into cameras and like YouTube and tech. And what are some talents that people might not know about you or some hidden passions or something you might be doing if it wasn't for doing all this? I'm really good at bottle flipping. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's really good at bottle flipping. I can juggle. A lot of people True, don't know. She's super I, good at yeah, it. Yeah, I can juggle well. Um, but what are some like real... For you, I feel like it's like animation stuff and design. Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah. I would say graphic design is something that I never talk about, but it's something that I have spent, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours doing, and I just never really talk about it or mention it. But yeah, that's like that's another thing that would be cool to monetize but it's just something I like to do on my free time and it's like I feel like if I wasn't there's still a little part of me that wishes I could be that like guitar player on a cool tour and just like I don't know tour for a year and like be in a band Um, because that was high school Sarah and that was kind of like a low-key dream then but then I very quickly realized being a musician sucks if you want to make money (laughs) or like make a living but I still have that love for music and that definitely like creeps up every now and then when I was uh, doing my quick research for the podcast I just flipped your videos to sort oldest to newest and your your oldest video is like um like a guitar like 
pedal. The guitar pedal. Or, that was the first pass, video I've ever Which I think done. is really cool. You guys should go check that video out and like see oh, the roots. Should it is good. For our first video especially. Yeah, I honestly I think that stuff would do well, like just like more like because you are a very vlogging based channel. But mm-hmm. um what t- so wrapping up here, what projects uh are you guys focused on in like the next six months? What are you guys like really obviously these podcasts continuing to transition your channel? Like what are you hammering out? What can we expect? coming next and the next steps of sarah and even john i guess i want to save your stuff if you want to do an episode let let sarah answer this and we'll do an episode together because that makes no sense all right Uh, thanks for letting me be part of this super fun hit me up on twitter we'll figure it out (laughs) hit him up on twitter yeah i'll add you um yeah for me i think it's really like focusing refocusing what my channel is and like how it started out and making it just like tech and creativity and that doesn't mean I have to give up the vlogging components because a lot of what I enjoy is going out into the outside world hanging with friends but adding in that okay I got a new camera let's go out and like film it in a fun vloggy way and so I think it's just like refocusing into that and I think that's how I can provide the most value too because I can wrap up like inspiration, education, and entertainment into one video. It doesn't have to be like vlogs are entertaining. There, you know, there can't be any information in that. Uh, tech reviews have to be boring because a lot of times it's just people sitting down at a desk talking about a phone or something. I'm like, I th- these can be fun. Let's make this fun. Let's go out and explore it and stuff. So I think for me over the past month or two months it really has been kind of like a shift and refocus um and not just like a refocus but honing in on a focus Mm -hmm. (laughs) because for a while I was just doing way too much stuff and I think when you want to be a personality or a creator at all on the internet you have to have a focus and you have to almost like find your niche so awesome well thank you Sarah I've I've uh We've gone through like everything. It was awesome. I've learned a lot. I'm sure you guys in the audience are going to be able to pick up a bunch of great little tidbits about all these different uh, topics. Where can people find you if they want to continue following your journey from this point? What's the best way to find you, reach you, anything you want them to do at the moment? Yeah, I mean, my favorite two social medias, of course, uh, YouTube and Twitter. And on both of those, you can just search Sarah Peachy. So my name's Sarah Dietschy, rhymes with Peachy. Uh, I didn't but even get into that. I, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but obvious. no, I, I have like laced the SEO with Peachy. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't even start to describe to people, look up Sarah Dietschy. Mm-hmm. Um, what? <laughs> so I just tell people, Google Sarah Peachy, um, and you'll find me. But yeah, uh, Twitter is probably the easiest way to contact me. Just slide into the mentions. Um, and then YouTube for all the videos. So just youtube.com slash Sarah Dietschy. And then you can just Google me if you want with Sarah Peachy. Awesome. Any last things you want to say before we wrap this up here? I mean, stay peachy, you know? <laughs> stay peachy. <laughs> All right, it's Justin back again here. If you guys made it all the way to the end, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're on iTunes or YouTube, 
leave a rating, subscribe. You can find more on iTunes and YouTube. Just search the Justin OG Show podcast. As you can see in this episode, I think some great takeaways are how Sarah is really using the power of the internet, social media to network and collaborate with many other people. As they say, your network is your net worth. So you can see how she's working with brands, people, and finding all these opportunities just by kind of putting yourself out there and doing the work. If you guys did enjoy this episode, make sure to reach out to me or Sarah. Let us know what you learned from it. Uh, Thank you to John Hill for making that little fun guest appearance. Hopefully we'll get him on a future episode. And once again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.